Hi, welcome to the Finnish Football Show. We're recording this on Sunday the 13th of June, the day after Finland played against Denmark, the, uh, their opening game of Euro 2020. And of course, everything has been coloured by what happened to Christian Eriksen, the, the Danish player, on the field during the game yesterday. Um, we don't want to ignore the fact of what went on. Um, it's it's Sunday lunchtime here in Finland, so there's not that much news come about how things have progressed for him. All we know really is from what, what came through last night that um, he was resuscitated on the pitch, he was taken to hospital and had, was awake and was undergoing further tests. But anything else that we could add to that is really just speculation. So we thought we'd acknowledge it now at the start and I'm... Uh, and, and then kind of carry on with the with talking about the match. So with that in mind, let's hear the music and then introduce who's with me today. So we're back with the Finnish Football Show and I'm joined for this section of the show anyway by Rich Nelson. Hi, Rich. Hello. And by Keke Muleri. Hi, Keke. Hello. Uh, the fourth musketeer is currently making his way back from uh, from Copenhagen to uh, to Finland. So I'm going to speak to him a little bit later. You lucky podcast listener won't have to wait a couple of hours. As soon as I finish speaking with these two, you'll hear from Mark. Uh, the marvels of modern technology. I'll stitch it all together and you might only just about see the join. Um, Rich, Keke, it's difficult really to know where to start. Um, let's let's talk about where, first of all, where, where you two were watching the game. Um, so we went to the, the Nordic bar in central London yesterday. So it was, uh, it was sort of nice atmosphere of far more, Danish fans and Finns in there, but uh, it was uh, interesting. I think we, we got there about half, just after half time of the Wales Switzerland game, so the, a chance to sort of get ourselves settled in. We ended up moving, I think, three times over the course of the evening due to bookings and and so on and so forth. But um, yeah, it was uh, not a bad place to watch a game, and and obviously with, with what happened, it, being in a, a a pub or a bar was a strange experience but uh yeah it was you know th there was a, a friendly rivalry going on there was no no beef and everyone got on for the most part very well and you guys were together right yeah 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 it was um it was good fun it was like obviously with a disappointment of not actually making it out there to Copenhagen it was nice that me and Rich were able to meet up and um and as he said it was it was nice to go somewhere where you, um, you knew there was going to be some other sort of fans, whether they be Danish fans or Finnish fans. As Rich said, it worked out. There was a bit of both. But, yeah, we were slightly outnumbered by the Danes. Um, but, yeah, you know, as, as, as Rich said as well, it was the strange bit was when, when the incident happened, it was the, the, the pub, the whole pub just sort of fell into silence. But, um, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, we, as, as we all know, the, the game kicked off again and, and everybody sort of got, got, back to, got back to it, watching it. Um, 
yeah, a little bit of a sore head this morning, but um, but yeah, it was uh, <laughs> it was nice. It was it was a good atmosphere, a decent atmosphere in there. I I myself was in a a bar here in Sanyoki. I was hoping to go to the town centre. One of the one of the bars there put up a big screen outdoors, but it rained almost solidly yesterday and and during the game it came down so hard i mean like biblical proportions today's beautiful day again and um it's it's going to be a nice day to to watch the games that are, that are there today but but it, i think it meant that everyone stayed indoors yesterday and i didn't get the opportunity to be with too many fins there were the, the pub had about 20 or 20, 30 people in there watching maybe um but they, they, I guess there wasn't that much really to get them too excited in the first half. So um, there wasn't so much atmosphere going on. Uh, Rich, do you want to do you want to talk a little bit about actually how the gameplay went? I'm sure that's kind of what people would would be wanting to hear from us. We've been talking about how Finland might approach this for the last few weeks. How did you see the game itself? Um, well, it seemed like a, a slightly more positive. Um, lineup from from the manager than we were kind of expecting. I think he played Robin Lodd in the three in midfield and then Puki and Poy and Palo up front, which is an attacking lineup as far as he's concerned. I think uh, whether he looked at their tactics and thought you know that that would work. Um, you know, Sparv looked looked good. You know, he looked fit, looked healthy. You know, obviously raring to go. So perhaps he thought. He didn't need an extra runner if he had someone with a little bit of guile in midfield. Uh, obviously, it's done the rounds that Finland scored their goal from one shot. And I think are the only team, or the first in a long time, to, to, to win a game with only one shot on goal. But it's um, it, it was a, a strange kind of thing because obviously Denmark at home... They, they were stronger, but Finland resisted them well. I think Denmark was certainly the, the superior team in, in possession and, and with the territory, but Finland didn't look overly troubled. I mean, Fredetsky had a game of his life. He was absolutely fantastic from beginning to end. Um, everyone played well, you know, solid. There weren't really any clear-cut chances for Denmark. You know, they had a lot of the ball, you know, sort of 20, 25 yards out and didn't really do an awful lot with it. So, as game plans go, you know, I mean, it's essentially it's two different games we're talking about here. But, you know, for that first 41 minutes, you know, if, if that had been the way the game played out and then Finland would have got a chance at some point. Sorry. No, it's fine. Sorry, Rich. I was just putting my hand up to say I'd like to go next. Oh, sorry. <laughs> because... <laughs> because um, I I thought we looked a little bit jittery at the start. I mean, completely understandably, I was sitting in the pub and I was feeling jittery. Um, so I, I felt like it, it looked like Luke kind of fumbled, parried a couple of things at the beginning, and I that didn't do anything for my for my nerves. Uh, and I, I wonder if that's perhaps how the whole team were were feeling. There was this onslaught, like you say, with possession. And, and that was also what we expected. I, I wasn't surprised that at one stage the stats came up that Finland had less than 40%. That, that's what I expected. And um, But I felt as we got, maybe, maybe like the first quarter, I felt we were on the back foot and we were coping. And then the second quarter of the game, um, it felt like we were starting to get back into it a little bit. Yeah, there, there was... 
I mean, th- th- there were nerves, and I think you know, it's a tournament, and this is new to, and probably a lot of the Danes hadn't played in in a tournament as well. And I think there there was a bit of that kind of distance poking and and kind of measuring each other up. But um, I mean, Finland did did grow into it, and I mean, I think we kind of expected that Denmark would have a lot of control of the game. But um, and and when the the second half got underway, obviously things were slightly different. But I mean, they, Denmark was still, you know. I suppose the dominant team it was hard to kind of gauge really what was going on and and Finland's goal uh, 10 players touched the ball in the in the build-up so everyone except O'Shaughnessy was involved it was I mean, it went from from goalkeeper all the way up top and you know it was a really nice move I mean it's, it's it looks so simple when you look at it on the replay and from the different angles, but you know that that required everyone doing their job, getting in the right position, dragging the play out out wide, and you know there was space, particularly for Sparv's ball to Urinen, uh before he played it into Puki. It was, um, you know, it looked like everything was working really nicely, um, and yeah, it was. I mean, it was a, it was a lovely goal. Um, you know, Poe and Palo. You know, one of his strengths. You know, he's getting in. He's he's quite direct. He's he's bigger than Pookie, so, and he, he got on the end of the cross. And you know, and there's a couple of pictures doing the rounds of as Pookie took the ball from Urin and from the first ball into the box, and he was surrounded by Denmark defenders. And it was I've seen some memes. You know, that that picture of Maradona when he's surrounded by Belgians, obviously completely debunked by the fact that that was from a free kick and they were a defensive wall. But this was Pookie surrounded by everyone. You know, he had what, four or five players within a couple of yards. Um, shows you know how tightly marked he was. But um, yeah, I mean, it was a it was a lovely goal, lovely goal, and um, you know that ended up winning the game. And you know, we're looking back at it now as a, almost a tactical masterclass, which I think you know it's, it's difficult to plan for these things. But when they come off, it looks really good. Yeah, I think um, I think if 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 we were going to win the game, it would have always been, even without the incident, it would have always panned out like that. I mean, as you said, Radetzky was absolutely inspired. I've got to agree with Mark. I um I even commented to you, Rich, in the pub there. There was a couple of times where where Luke chose to parry. Where um, you know, from uh, from my point of view, I was thinking, oh, why didn't he why didn't he catch it? Do you know what I mean? But um, but yeah, he he was. I don't think anyone was getting past him yesterday. Paulus Arayuri again was absolutely rock solid. So um, he, he, had, he had a great game. But I think even, as I said, even without the incident, I think if 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 we were going to win that game, it would have always been sort of like that, sort of nicking it, you know, um, despite their their obvious obvious lion's share of the possession. Um, yeah, we, we've sort of done, done, them, done them with a quick move that's gone through, gone through the team and... Uh, and, and nick the goal and come away with a win and you know with, without without trying to sound too uh, too sombre about what happened to poor old Christian Eriksen I mean three points is is, is on the board so obviously it's, it's a weird one do they you know Poy and Palo didn't really celebrate the goal you know the first ever goal in the country's history at a major tournament and he's um, he can't really celebrate it too much because of obviously what happened but um, but yeah. The, the, that the UEFA rules are that the game's got to carry on and uh, and Finland to come away with a win. Yeah, I think that that feeling of not being too sure how to react to the whole thing. Um, the game, you know, when uh, when the game stopped, I was I was in the in the bar still, 
and then it it kind of looked like it wasn't going to happen so everyone sort of went went home and then I was at home when the news came from one of the many WhatsApp chats that were going on at the time saying that they're restarting it and I sat down to watch thinking this is this is kind of surreal am I allowed to enjoy this and then the goal went in and, I, and we really cheered and I thought well if it went against us I'm sure that the other team would be cheering and 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 also like all the players on the pitch have witnessed the same thing it, it's it means more to the Danes because he's their friend rather than like a, a football colleague as it would be for the for the Finnish players on the pitch but it's going to have affected all of them. I'm sure most of them probably didn't want to play if they'd had a chance. So it's in a way it's it's kind of level playing field again in the, in the second half to a to a degree anyway. Um and I think that that probably we we didn't see the best of, of Finland. I think we saw flashes towards the end of that attacking play that we've grown to see. There was this really nice uh, one touch football that uh, that was carving through uh, d- down the wings as we as we talked about in the preview show um but there were only flashes of it and then the the few sort of bits and pieces of reports i've heard are like yeah finland didn't do much they scored with their only chance and they mostly defended and cleared the ball long and it's like okay that's that's really under it's really like not reading the um the context of the game and how those players will have been affected as well as not seeing those, those few little like sort of shoots of what they're, they're capable of and what I hope we see some more of against uh, Russia during the week. Yeah, I think that's, um, that's, that's lazy journalism really, you know, like just, just sort of taking that and saying, and saying that's what happened. I mean, obviously we, we watch a lot of the Finland team. So we, A, we know what they're capable of and, and B, we we sort of know what to expect, but um, but yeah, I think you know there there were there were flashes of it, and as you said, Mark, the longer the longer the game went on, I'm not saying they all forgot what had happened, but you know the the longer they they they, they both sides grew into the game, sort of as as the minutes ticked past. I mean, um, first half, I, I thought the first five minutes, I actually thought we did okay. That we we sort of probed into their half a bit and um and then after that it was sort of they were fully camped in camped in our half but um as as I said earlier you know that's that's kind of what I expected I always thought if we were going to win it that's how it would have gone so and Rich after the goal after the goal on the hour that wasn't the last bit of drama in the match no no, I mean the it's almost like Fredetsky playing well had his standout moment that that penalty save it's it's one of those things, you know, I mean, you say as a Wimbledon fan, it was a bit like the 88 Cup final. Um, you know, Finland yeah. went ahead against the team superior to them and then, and then saved the penalty as well. It's, um, it's a kind of strange result, really, when you look, because obviously at the end of the day, the history books will just say that, that Finland won 1-0. Um, what this result is is worth in the long, in, in the short, medium and long term is massive. Um, not only is it three points on the board in your first game, uh, we've got Russia to come who were, from what I saw of the game, I, did, I didn't watch it all, toilet against Belgium. And 
they have trouble. They have, they have a lot of problems. Um, how, how that game will pan out, again, it's a whole different ball game. You know, we're talking a few days away and yet, but Finland have got, we're going to go into that with so much confidence. Um, obviously, Russia will have a point to prove being at home. Um, you know, that they've got, they've got to get a result to stay in the, in the competition. Uh, Finland know that, to be honest, a draw will almost certainly qualify them. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest, we, we were at the point where three points might, who knows, this, this, the way this works out. Um, and, in the, and going forward, a win against a far superior team in, in, in sort of on paper, in, in the FIFA rankings points and everything like that. I know we, we do like a coefficient here, but um, that one win is worth probably more than the Nations League campaign in its entirety. Good, good point. Good point. Um, so again, going forward, that'll bump Finland up the FIFA rankings a fair bit. So when the draw for the next Euros comes round, I don't know when that's going to be, maybe in the next 12 to 18 months, um, that's something that they'll, they'll think, you know, they're entrenched now in pot three and, and possibly looking higher. So um, what that game means is just so much more than just that 90 minutes. I I sort of thought before the, the competition started that, that Finland should sort of be looking first to get their, their first goal, then their first point, then their first win. Wasn't necessarily expecting that to happen in the first game, if I'm completely honest, but that was... Uh, and and I don't know. It, it, they earned it. They earned, they earned the win. It's, it's beyond what I really... Well, actually, it's not completely beyond what I thought, because I think if I can refer back to our pre-match predictions... I was the only one that wrote one nil down in their prediction, although I then said, but it's probably one one. But the words the, the numbers one and zero together are in my prediction, so I'm having half a point for that. <laughs> I um no, oh, sorry, go I mean, um I think when when the dust has settled on this and, and we know that obviously you can't take away from the fact that what happened to Christian Eriksen, and when we know that he's he's okay and, and stable and all that, I think when the when the dust has settled the Danes might look back on this game and and say, you know, if if that terrible incident hadn't hadn't have occurred, then the game might have panned out differently. But um, yeah, at the risk of repeating myself, I think you know, it's um, it, it if we, as I say, if we were going to win, it was all it would always be like this. And I, I don't necessarily feel that you know that that incident should should overshadow too much the the fact that we've come away with a come away with a win there. Obviously, we. We hope that Christian Eriksen's completely okay, but um, but yeah, you know, it's uh, that they 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 decided to restart the game and, and we've come away winning it. So um, you know, I understand that the, the celebrations are going to be low key and we can't go bananas about it because of because of what happened. But I think that Finland team and especially the manager and the players, especially Radetzky, can, can look at themselves and be rightly proud of themselves of what they've achieved yesterday. I think um, a, a lot of us was kind of saying where where the result would come from, and I think everyone was kind of writing off the Belgium game as oh, it's Belgium, you know, let, let's not worry about that. And I think people were thinking, well, if we can get a point off Denmark and you know something off Russia, and I mean, I I think in most of the previews I've done, I thought Finland's best chance would be against Russia. I still do. Um, after yesterday, I think this is uh, what what it's going to do, and and hopefully in the build-up to the Russia game, we can then move on and think, right, we're starting again. There's three points on the board, but we, you know, we, we just go, we try and put behind us what happened at, on the sta- at the stadium yesterday 
and just go, right, this is where we can secure qualification. A point will guarantee, a point will almost certainly guarantee it because it will knock Russia out. Um, and plus Denmark still have to play Russia as well. So it's um, it's just such an opportunity now um, after what happened. Mm-hmm. I can't see, again, I, I'd be interested to see if can ever makes any changes. Um, that that team, while well, being a good point, on the Rich. would you like to see any changes? Um, I probably not. To be honest, I think that there's always the option. You know, you can make one substitution and change that. You could bring on Kalka. You could, well, you could change that kind of third midfielder, or you take Oyan Palo off. Uh, you know, if, if you want to go back to that more defensive setup we saw in the qualifiers, uh, the World Cup qualifiers. So there's a lot of scope there to change things, but I think he's obviously gone to this game with Denmark with a slightly more attacking lineup than we've seen. Um, obviously having everyone fully fit and available makes that a lot easier. Um, but I think why not? I mean, if, if they go into that game with the same mindset, um, Russia will have to come and attack, which to be honest, will probably help. Um, I think it will help Finland if that's the case. I, I, I wouldn't change that 11 that started on Saturday um, because there's so much opportunity to change it if, if needed. And Keke, the, the um, reports of the demise of Captain Tim Sparth seem to have been grossly exaggerated. He, I, I think it was at half-time he had covered the most ground of the whole Finnish team and was looking on it. Yeah, I mean, that. Um, some of us were a bit worried about match fitness quietly, you know, obviously didn't shout too much about it, but as he hadn't played much football, but the rest seems to have done him the world of good. So, um, yeah, he obviously under, underwent surgery recently as well, but that didn't seem to hold him back. He was, he was, he was like a dog of a bone. He was all over it. So, um, yeah. And, uh, and it's what we, what we know that we can expect from Tim. Do you know what I mean? He's, um, Wears his heart on his sleeve. He's uh, he's he's tenacious, and um, yeah, it was not really not really surprising for me to be honest to see uh, that performance from him. I think um, to a man, they all played well. Glenn Kamara, he looked um, looked a little bit nervous at points, but um, but yeah, he, he grew into the game as well, and, and was started to look a bit more comfortable on the ball after the after the first few first few opening exchanges, and. Um, yeah, I think mean, they all played well. To be honest, a lot of a lot of um, the kudos obviously has to go to the goalie and and the the, the defence. But um, but yeah, across across the pitch, I think you know they 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 can be rightly pleased with themselves. I think the one thing I'd like to see from the team in the next game is just the ball seemed to go through the midfield really quickly, a bit too quickly, almost a bit too rushed, and and maybe to see all, all of them, no, no, not singling anyone out, just have an extra touch and just calm it down a little bit. It looked a little bit frantic, you know, even in the second half. And I'd like to see him get the ball down and, and try and play. And let's try and play that that cl- that closer one and two touch football that we know we can we can do. But but you know, other than that, I think we of course of course we're proud and we're allowed to be happy about this. If you're listening to this, then you know, enjoy it. We should. We should enjoy it. Uh, do either of you have anything else to say, or should we head over to hear from our roving reporter, Mark Hayton, who's uh, who's on his way back from Copenhagen? I think um, you know Mark will obviously be able to give us more of a uh, 
insight into how the feeling and the atmosphere was in the stadium. And I'm, I'm obviously looking forward to hear, hear that. But um, yeah, just one final word for the for the fans. You know, like um, just before the restart, when uh, it was it was a absolutely fantastic touch when the, the Finland fans were all screaming out Christian and uh, the Danish fans were replying with Ericsson, I think, you know, so um, yeah, I don't think there was not not an ounce of bad blood between those two sets of supporters. I think, you know, this, um, it could even go go some way to uh, if there wasn't already a, a sort of friendship forged between our Nordic neighbours, it could go some way to uh, making sure that that's the case. But yeah, Mark will be able to tell us a bit, bit more about a feeling was inside the ground. Okay, let's go and speak to Mark now. And here he is, the man in question, Mark Ayton. You're over there in, oh, you're in Copenhagen Airport at the moment. Yeah, yeah, in Copenhagen Airport right now, uh, heading, heading back to sunny, beautiful Finland. Well, it's sunny and beautiful today, but yesterday in Seinioki, as I've just explained to the others, it was hammering down. It was biblical proportions, which kind of killed the outdoor festival vibe of watching the football <laughs> with, with, a, with a bunch of Finns. Um, but we, we talked about the game with Richard and Keke. So, you know, you're here now. You're on your way back from, from travelling there. How's, how's it been? Give, give us a little bit of colour of what you've experienced. Uh, well, it's been a whirlwind, that's for sure. Uh, it's not one that anybody's going to forget anytime soon. Uh, very eventful in, in that sense. Um, I've got to say the Danes uh, and the Danish people in Copenhagen as a city has been really welcoming. Uh, we've had tons of fun before the game. It was quite common to see bars packed with both sets of fans. So there was uh, the Finns obviously had base camp in, our, in the old Irish pub. And Danes had a couple of obviously a couple of those camps because there's uh, different different groups, um, but but there's been no trouble, yeah, you know, like no no argy bargy, no no bad none of the bad side of, of football fandom, and um, everywhere that we've been, every time that we talked to the Danes pre-game or the day before, they were all looking forward to it, they were all really confident. But when I asked like every fan, okay, who's going to score your goals? They all had that same sort of quizzical look on their face, like we're. We think we'll win, yeah, but we're not sure exactly how we're going to do it. Probably we'll make it like a set piece or a, or a penalty or something. And we said, uh, okay, I think I think we've got a chance in the game. But 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 the Danes themselves, fantastic hosts, fantastic fans, um, great people. I love I love Copenhagen. I've been lucky enough to go there several times for work. I've got um, a couple of guys that I used to work with twenty odd years ago that are still there. And whenever I've been over there. They, they kind of look after me. Um, so it is one of my favourite cities for sure. They do, they do. And I think, yeah, I mean, even in the, I mean, before the game, we were asking, right, so we think we've got a shot at Nicky, so we'll probably knock out a dirty win. What's it like? What's the atmosphere likely to be if we do that? And the guy said, it'll be the same. Like, we don't, like, there's no look, like, we love, they love Finland fans over here. There's, there's a big affinity for us. Uh, and after the game, it panned out that way. You know, we, we were all arm in arm. Jollying around, a little bit of argy bargy and pointed humour, but uh, but nothing nothing serious, and uh, everybody just so happy and relaxed, particularly after the events of the game. Yeah, you say that you had a, you had sort of lots of fun. What any, anything that you can either repeat or remember? <laughs> <laughs> memory memory is a, is a tricky thing. I mean, I think the the. Um, uh, I mean, this whole town. So I think that it's true that, that Copenhagen 
only changed its COVID restrictions about a day ago or two days ago. So it's only been a couple of days when, when the rest of Copenhagen is, has opened up, so to speak, to bars and restaurants. And when we when most of us got here, it was Friday night. So all the bars were packed in uh, like in every part of uh, Copenhagen. And we had a, a brilliant party uh, on the on the Friday. Yeah. So we had some discussions uh, on the day on the Saturday about you know the police guidance was was not together and not not to do marches, not to not to participate even if you if you saw one. Um, but then uh, at the bar at the old Irish pub, there was a uh, like a police presence, and again they were very friendly. They handled us uh, as a crowd really well. And then we, I think there was some discussions between the Portuguese Carter guys and the cops. And like, okay, we're just going to walk up to the stadium. And I think you know if you can think of a better way to get what was by then you know two thousand three thousand pounds like like a thousand pounds from here to the stadium in a a peaceful manner you know let us know and copenhagen being what it is uh there was also like a small danish denmark team march which is going like a slightly different route and then this you know christiania so the hippies also had a march about peace and love Okay. So they were there was like there was supposed to be no marches, but there were three like almost simultaneous marches going at the same time. And as we walked down, you know, it was just a part carnival atmosphere. You know, we we were happy. Everybody was honking horns and uh, you know, lots of lots of predictions, lots of fun with the locals. So it was really. I, and you you sent us in our in our FFS WhatsApp group loads of kind of photos and videos of the atmosphere, and we were all going sort of green with envy. I think. Um, yeah. And and before the match in the stadium, it, it, the atmosphere seemed amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I don't know. I think they said it was supposed to be sixteen thousand out of twenty-five that was, that was in the stadium. But I mean, it looked on the inside, it looked wall to wall packed. Like it looked really jammed. I mean, at least the end where we were with the other fans, that was packed, and there were Finnish fans to the right and to the left, mm. about a third of the way down the stadium. So we had a good presence. And um, yeah, I mean, even this, even the opening ceremony actually had some sort of emotional impact which is usual for the uh for these types of games but um yeah we were in good spirits everybody was in good form and we were in good voice um and and then i guess you know as i said before we we talked through the through the game itself but but what was your overall um impression of the game from from sort of high up behind the goal uh well first so first half first open of the game we struggled. We the, the the Danish press counter press was really strong. They shut down Kamara, I think, quite easily. And when they had the ball, the movement of um, you know, I think it was Wind, Eriksson, uh, Braithwaite, and Paulson was almost. It, you know, we had uh, the likes of Sparv uh, and Lude were defensively like they lost their men, you know, two or three times. And they got in behind us a couple of times. I think if it wasn't for some, you know, competent goalkeeper from Rodetsky, we'd have been in trouble early doors. I don't know if you saw the half-time stat, but at that stage, anyway, Tim Sparv had covered the most ground, at least of all of the Finns, and maybe of of the whole. The whole I think there was one one Danish player who covered more ground. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's a, that's probably right. So what he what he was basically tasked with was shutting off the middle of the, of the pitch. So that inroad in between Arayuri. And Tovio or O'Shaughnessy, so he was supposed to jump. And every time that the Danes got through, it was generally down the flanks and down the sides. So I think he, he did a, an effective job, you know, at covering ground and closing avenues for attack. Um, and and then of course uh, there, there was the the instant where where Christian Eriksen collapsed 
and and needed that urgent medical treatment and it was it was horrific watching it on tv especially when we'd actually we, we didn't see what happened at the time but but in the pubs that we we got sort of on arena i think it was and skipped back and saw it and realized that he was on his own and that makes it even worse when you realize it's not an injury this is this is worse how, how was that just just talk about the feelings in among the fans in the stadium what was going on we knew i mean we knew that just like particularly so it was in this it was in this uh bottom right corner where it was right next to where we were uh, all the fans um throw in came and i think he conked out like the ball hit him mid-flight as he was on his way down mm. um and the, so i think some the first kind of question i thought is has somebody thrown something but i mean partly given the atmosphere of the day we knew that that's not you know that's not really what's going to happen but as he hit the deck like he just he was unresponsive mm. like he was he was out he was out before he hit the floor mm. and um we all everybody everybody standing but just we were up and we, we knew that uh you know something something serious was going on i think it was simon kiar uh the the danish center back he came over i think Paulian fellow was around immediately they they went to the ref uh the ref went to the to the physios the physios went to the medics Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, it's quite a strange one because I think uh, the whole ordeal took something like an hour and a half, but it, it felt it felt both like you know an eternity and a couple of minutes. Yeah, because because yeah. it was like like every everything just sort of slowed down. Um, but the, I mean, we were we were all basically stunned in silence for about 10-15 minutes while different types of medical staff arrived to try and treat him. And then after that, after the Danish boys formed the guards and the medical staff were working on him, they brought they did CPR, they put the pads on him. Um, and then I think there were one or two sort of little signs that, that he was going to be okay. But I mean, it was a strange one. Whenever there was a little sign that he'd be okay, parts of the crowd would sort of cheer a little bit. Um, but then the rest of us would just sort of say, well, we, you know, let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves and let's, mm. let's calm it down. It sort of went back to this sort of strange, somber thing. Um, yeah, yeah, I think after about maybe 20 minutes or so, he was taken off the pitch, mm-hmm. and then we were sort of told to stay in situ in the stadium, and we were just at that point, we all just assumed there's no way this is going to continue, like this is, you know, it's too, too heavy a thing. Um, but the, I mean, you know, we, that's when we started singing, once he was kind of off, uh, off the pitch, um, then uh, we, um, yeah, we started singing with the Danes. Uh, Eric's name. Uh, back it was forth. it was beautiful. You you sent that that video to us and this big boom of Christian coming from the Finns, and then the return of Ericsson coming from the from the Danish supporters. That was that was quite special, I think. Yeah, and I had I mean after the game we had I had you know a dozen Danish fans come up to us with an arm on the shoulder crying like that was yeah. the most touching thing that they'd seen. And so they said the game didn't matter and that that. Uh, Really showed you know what Finnish Finnish fans are like, what what, what Finland's all about. Um, it was a uh, uh, yeah, it was we we had a good good connection with the with the, with the Danish fans. Uh, how did it how did it feel when the goal went in? I mean, it's a silly it's all it's a silly question, but it's it's a pertinent. I, well, well. well, I mean, once so after after all the you know after all the commotion, they, they said. Any messages back to his teammates and play on. Me and my mate, we sort of had that feeling like I think we're going to win this because it's like, in a sense, 
it's classic Finland where you get the thing that you want, but it's always in that weird way where you don't get to fully enjoy it. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do it. The goal itself, I mean, we were right there. I, you know, I, I've seen a lot of things on in the media, like, um, you know, collapse concentration from Schmeichel. But practically, you know, it's a it's a solid header with a lot of power. It's been hit really low, uh, you know, to it to a spinning cross, and it had spin on it as well. It wasn't an easy header to stop. No, it was right. It, it sort of went through him, but it went like right past his feet, didn't it? I mean, it's not an easy easy way to adjust your position at that. Uh, yeah, that, exactly. Yeah, he had to sort of, you know, he had to turn into a you know, curly willy almost, get himself in, in, get himself inside out. But so I, I'm not sure. I'm not so sure that there's anything like a lapse of concentration because he reacted in time. You know, his movement was right for a keeper. It was just a, an awkward position, and a, and, a, and as I said, the, the, the header had a fair amount of power on it. So it's, uh, I mean, we I mean, we still cheered. We went in and we cheered like it, like it was a normal game. You know, we cheered when when uh, Lucas saved the penalty. Like a like a normal game, and we cheered at the end. We, we stayed on to to clap the clap the team, and they brought the microphone again, like it was like like a, like it was normal. So I think um, I don't know. In in the stadium, we were rocking uh, as always. We were we were full of voice, full of good cheer. I think we had because of the stoppage, where everybody was about an extra three or four beers deep. <laughs> because it was about two hours. We we discussed this with the others. Uh, how how are you feeling this morning? I'm all right. Yeah. Yeah. Those that are listening don't don't are not are not seeing the pictures. If you want to see how all right he really is, then you can watch the video on YouTube. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't pass a smell test. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'll tell you. I've been for a corona test today, and uh, so that's also something else that we were tested. Corona tested on the way in by the Danish airport staff. We were corona tested now in in the city centre to get the certificate to to fly out. Um, yeah, and it's. Did they, um, did they have extra long sticks so they didn't have to stand so close to these uh, Finnish football yeah. fans uh, the night after, the morning after, the night before? I, uh, I I was saying it's a good job. I mean, it's a good job that uh, our bonus or perk for those guys that Corona comes with these things. Yeah, it covers up the majority <laughs> of the the after smell. Uh, yeah, so yeah, but but we had we had a good time. I mean, it was the after after the match was really strange. I mean, it was that same thing, mixes a mix of. I don't think I've ever normally after the match you stick with your own sort of fans and you, you dominate a bar and you start chanting and all the rest of it. But this uh, more than any other time in my life I can remember this this was this was home fans and away fans, you know, almost arm in arm, singing and, and, and drinking and dancing and celebrating. Awesome. And thanks, Mark. I, I think we we kind of that that's brought us almost up to date with you now traveling home. Um yeah. Are you tra you're traveling to the other games as well, are you? Uh, the next stop is Russia, but there's a question mark over Russia. That's why I had a, a hesitation in my voice. I wasn't sure. What's what's the deal? Uh, um, well, the first one is testing, right? So I need to go through the fin entry process. Uh, I need to do two more like, clean negative tests before I get permission to travel out. The, the tests have to be done at least 72 hours. So I've got to wait basically until Wednesday. To get the test, and I think the game is Wednesday at four o'clock. Is it time? Okay, so that's going to be difficult, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be quite difficult to just to just squeeze in. And then there's a couple of other concerns that have been raised about crossing the border, about fans, you know, getting in. Okay. Uh, we were also talking with a couple of lads who got tickets to the Russian game and, you know, on the fence about either whether they'll make it from logistics.
or if it's worth uh, worth the trouble. So the plan is the plan was on Russia. It looked really that doubtful. All right, I think Mark over there in a noisy Copenhagen airport. Sorry um, for the background. No, no, no worries. It's 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 real life, and uh, we wanted to get something out on on the day after the, the game from wherever everybody was uh, was able to talk, and uh, you know, it's it's good to hear from you. Have a safe journey back home, and uh, I know we'll be in touch soon, but we'll we'll get yeah. to the next. Finish football show as soon as we can get ourselves all together on the same call. Well, I think I think I just end with saying, you know, get well soon to Christian Eriksen. Thank you very much to the Danish fans and the city of Copenhagen. That's been fantastic hosts. Thank you also to Folios Cardiff and the SME Co. at Finnish because one thing that I can also say is that, you know, we've we've come here and sort of shown the world. That, that British football is a thing, and that fans here are, you know, reputable and respectable, and uh, are, are are good. To have. So, um, yeah, thanks to everybody involved. It's been a great trip. Okay, and that's and that's it for this episode of the Finnish Football Show. Thanks for listening. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye, Mark. Bye bye.